0: Oh, so a new movie's coming out that's based on a book. Well, I bet that's gonna be great. They always say, but what if it is? That's right, we're talking about movie adaptations of other media. hello everybody and welcome back to your new favorite show the more you nerd where we are taking a nice lazy september trip around as we're recording a bunch of episodes in a row so that you guys have some content (laughs) (laughs) because we're all on vacation this month so things are going to be a little shorter things are going to be a little weirder and speaking of weirder miles how are you
1: uh, doing great. Um, uh, I'm I'm really stoked for these vacations, man. Um, <laughs> I know that like, I we, mean, we we both of us podcast uh, quite a bit. Um, and I love doing it, but in combination with like real life and jobs and stuff, like actually getting some time off where I can just not do anything and worry about oh, I gotta watch this for for X show. Um, it, it, it's it's nice. Yeah. Um. You know, because yeah. like when I report court Patrick, you know, for kaiju versus history, we do two episodes at a time. So I have to make sure that I have like all my stuff together and have it have watched the at least the two movies that, that we're going to do that little bit. And then we got cosmic crit and. I feel like there's something else. Um, I've been guesting on this show. Super bracket bros this summer uh as a result of cosmic crit because they did a bunch of kaiju stuff and but it was, it was like this week- was a
0: result of kaiju versus history but that's okay right. you
1: know uh i advertise all the other shows you're on let's
0: uh, talk about this i did show. i actually i i brought you
1: up specifically <laughs> i can't remember what it was for um but i i actually did bring you up uh i think we were oh i brought up our our ultraman month our Ultramanuary uh because you know Patrick and I had just watched a little bit of the first season and I was like well Drew and I on the more you nerd actually did dedicate an entire like period of going through like the en- o- entire oeuvre of Ultraman um so I d- I didn't mention you and I did punk the show <laughs> thank, you.
0: thank you uh so yeah uh, le- so Miles and I've been having conversations lately um because a little project is coming as, as we, we do. do as we do uh, a little project is coming to Netflix in uh November uh, called yeah. scott pilgrim takes off and this is an anime adaptation of the scott pilgrim comics and also maybe the scott Sp- pilgrim movie because edgar wright who directed the scott pilgrim movie and the entire main cast of, Sc- of scott pilgrim versus the world is that what's yes. the name of the movie uh is mm-hmm. is going to be reprising their roles in this anime spinoff and uh And and Miles and I got to talking a a little bit about adaptations because we share uh, a a similar opinion that we really love the Scott Pilgrim comics and don't love the Scott Pilgrim movie.
1: Um, Let me let me be diplomatic here um, because I, I, I own the movie. I think the movie by itself on its own is Perfectly fine. And I sure. think there's a lot of things that it does very, very well. However, there is an emotional core and specific character development, and not just for Scott, for many characters that, that reveal the, the nature of the story that Brian Lee O'Malley was telling that is not present in the movie that was so important to me. And I, I assume you as well. When those yes. books were coming out, we
0: we align very very strongly on that. There is now part of that was because the ending of the comic he hadn't finished it yet, so the movie came out before right. the comic ended. But there is a lot of emotional development that Scott and Ramona and other characters like Envy Adams, who is important to the movie, but she's they all the all of the villains in the book. You get backstories, and some of them, mm-hmm. like Envy, are really, really important. There are also characters that, I, Miles and I were talking about this off off mic, uh, characters like Lisa, who is important to the backstory of Scott and Kim in high school, who's not in the movie at all. Um, and we don't know whether or not that character is going to be in the in the show. We also don't know whether the show is going to tell the whole story, Or if it's going to be season one covering the first book, don't know any of that and won't know that until November when it comes out. So but this got me thinking because, you know, I'm not a huge fan of the the movie adaptation, but there are adaptations that work better in film or TV than they do Mm -hmm. in their written form. And I just wanted to talk about that. Like what are some of the
1: best? Yeah. Like what, what um, are the,
0: some of the times that the movie's better than the book?
1: Yeah. I also do want to say um, one little last bit about Scott Pilgrim. I do think Edgar Wright directed the crap out of that movie and I love the cast. Oh, the cast, the cast is
0: fantastic. That, like, like, like,
1: let me say Karen that Kieran Culkin as Wallace is inspired.
0: Uh, all That entire cast was fantastic. I mean, Bree Larson as envy like, Adams and uh phenomenal uh, Br- Brandon Routh as Todd Ingram <laughs> like that they, they pull off Chicken's not vegan? Yeah, they pull off those those those
1: characters. no but there 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 is a, a a manic delightfulness to Kieran Culkin's performances as Wallace in that movie that I just adore. And I love that he has, you know, gotten to do stuff uh finally that like really showcases his skills because he was um in succession and um but yeah so so drew uh shot this idea to, uh, to me last week and um i'm gonna drag you a little bit buddy because uh i, I yeah, hit you the, up so the, the wh- short what answer have you got
0: is, the short answer is i don't read very much <laughs> <laughs> and he sent me one thing and i was like dude <laughs> uh, so, but the one, um, thing, the the well, give me one of yours, then we'll get to one of mine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll D- get to mine. Oh, one of your. How about the one? <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, one for me. I don't know if you've read this book. I I read it several times. Uh, one big one for me is uh, Fight Club. I I think that Fight Club tells the story that Chuck Palahniuk was trying. I mean, I, I successfully. So in the book, I, I've, I've never been a massive fan of his work. Um, but I, I remember writing a paper on it in, uh, college. And so I, I and it's a very short novel. So I I've read it a couple of times and I think the movie, I think the I think the, the work actually is better as a visual, uh, story. It, 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 it delivers the, um, the, the commentary that Palahniuk was trying to make with his novel much better than the novel does itself. Um, I, also with uh, Fincher's directing and then the inspired trio casting of uh, Brad Pitt, Edward Norton and uh, Helen Bottom Carter. It's just, yeah, it's, it's a, a a movie that often it gets kind of uh, put in the film bro category. Well, Um, it's all, it's also
0: (laughs) a movie where people regularly miss the point of the film,
1: the P and the people who miss the point of the film are the movie, the, the people the movie's talking about
0: yes um that that is that is a weirdly a a, a that, that is something that carries through in a in a couple of the ones on the list right now
1: <laughs> well and, and uh, honestly that happens a lot in fiction like people who put you know i don't know the punisher symbol on their car um uh, you people, know
0: people who idolize rorschach from the Watchmen.
1: yeah um but i i do think it's a very very good uh, film. I, I do think it succeeds in what the novel was doing better than the novel it, it's it's I think it was the first time where I was like yeah, this is movies better than this nice. oh, what, what what what's what's yours drew what's what's yours
0: so uh mine is is a, is a television series or a streaming series, I guess if you want to call it that that you can watch Which on a I television. did not know it was
1: an option. <laughs> you told me movies
0: oh <laughs> I, I I should have i in my head, I made that clear because I told you because we talked about this particular one as well. <laughs> so I thought it was thought it was clear. But my mine is uh, The Boys. So I have read every single issue of The Boys by Garth Ennis. And
1: um, Sorry. It's, it's fine. <laughs> it's
0: got some interesting
1: stuff. It's not, though. Like it, So here's the thing. It came out in a time where this kind of puerile shock factor humor was seen as mature. And oh, this is this is sophisticated. This is edgy, you know, and really it's nothing. It's just a bunch of dick jokes
0: there. There is. And so Amazon Prime uh, through uh, Eric Kripke and his production team uh, that I can't remember the name of right now. uh, They they have put together. I forgot Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg produced the boys. I completely forgot about that.
1: Yeah, they also did uh, Preacher
0: that makes sense uh
1: which i would also put i actually think preacher even though i think the preacher comic is much much better than the boys i think the show succeeds although it's much wilder (laughs) than the comic is. so
0: so yeah well the the boys series i i struggle to think of anything that i prefer the comic take on versus the show take uh the show is this biting satire of corporate culture and mass media and social media and hero worship, uh, both literal and figurative (laughs) as celebrity culture. It's all of that stuff uh, mixed with the it still is, you know, are heavily raunchy
1: and yeah, Uh,
0: it Um, it, it just it doesn't it has some shock value stuff in it i believe the first episode of season three is one of those things that i will uh never forget
1: oh uh, yeah absolutely but there's there's a lot of substance to it yes there there is stuff there, there to be shocking but that is not the entirety of the show where the comic it purely wanted to like garth enos hates superheroes and that's i mean and he makes it clear in almost everything he's done even his work for marvel because if you read any of his Punisher stuff. That features somebody else it's always you know uh him having some like long diatribe against whatever that superhero stands for or yeah. running wolverine over with a steamroller or something um whereas this this takes the concept of what the boys it takes the elevator pitch and asks hey what if this is done well
0: yeah and and little things like characters who are just throwaway like throwaway jokes in in the the comic books, uh, like a character like Stormfront, who is literally just a Nazi analog, uh, and they make no bones about it, and they make fun of it in like two pages of the comic. They turn Stormfront into a major character in season two of the show, and it is really really well yeah. done, uh,
1: interesting, played by Aya Cash, who was um an up-and-coming actress she was actually she had, actually had a couple of like indie horror films that kind of popped up around the time this season came out as well and she just killed it as stormfront she is phenomenal and she's scary because her performance makes you believe that she believes what she's saying and that's what makes her her performance really frightening
0: yeah uh, in, in, meanwhile you also have just killer performances by carl urban as as billy butcher the the sort of lead of the boys, leader of the boys.
1: Carl uh, Urban, all, always given 100 percent like, I mean, just putting something else in another nerd notch in his uh, belt, because, I mean, this dude has been in everything.
0: Yeah, uh, uh, Jack Quaid is Huey. Uh, Boim's uh, Brad Boimler slash Peter Parker slash Superman slash <laughs> Jack Quinn is having a career right now. He's, he's getting to do <laughs> everything. Great.
1: I love, I love Jack Quaid. He's, he's fantastic.
0: Good for him. I like him. uh Fun, interest, hum- humorously enough, with the boys. Uh, one of my favorite moments is we meet Huey's dad, and Huey's dad is played by Simon Pegg, who Huey in the comics was based physically, and I mean he was a Scottish guy in the comics, so he's actually just based on Simon Pegg, which is very funny. Uh, but yeah. I, I, I can't, I can't not talk about Anthony Starr as Homelander. The sort of Superman analog for for the the seven, the the Justice League uh, equivalent in this universe. And he is just so interesting to watch on screen. He is a terrible, terrible person, but he has this marketing machine to make him always look good and capture him from the right angle. But you can just tell he's seconds away from using his laser eyes on everybody in the room but he doesn't do it and it's just it's it's so interesting to see and 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 as and again this is one of those things where a lot of people somehow think homelander is the good guy in the show and i just uh yeah
1: one of my best friends uh dad uh legitimately had to have had had to be told that homelander is not supposed to be the good guy and he was like oh yeah i really i really like that homelander guy like he's i mean like well
0: because homelander's dressed in an american flag with eagles on his shoulder he's literally usa usa you
1: know know what's really funny is um i was just having this conversation about how i think the the evil superman stories are uh creatively bankrupt and this is one of the few times where i don't think that because there is real substance to it as what if we did something really messed up and you know or just superman's dark and brooding and directed blah, 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 by Jack snyder like i just this is exactly how you do something because there is a legitimate point there is something to say and it's it's not just superman it is he's also captain america He he is that that patriotic analog hero that is being used as an icon and you know also the head of like a, a corporate capitalist analog as well. So like he's all of those things and there's something the show is saying with that character uh, more than just like, Ooh, look how dark. Yeah. But um, it's all,
0: But it's also just like the people that love him are just missing the point. And it's, it's interesting to, to see that. And like, Yeah. Like, I mean, season, scary. season
1: three makes the political stuff a lot more overt, which is when people started to discover that, Oh, Homelander not supposed to be the good guy, um, yeah. and I, I I really appreciated that because it was it was a rude awakening for many people. Yeah. Um, and I actually I, there's another there's a comic book on my list. Actually, there's two comic books on my list uh, as for books being uh or movies being better than the book. Uh, one is Men in Black. Um, Men in Black is based on a very uh, obscure comic where it's like the men in black are like a little fascist group it's really kind of just dark and edgy and and the the uh the the film takes the concept and just that's it it takes the concept and makes honestly one of the best comedies of the 90s with it and one of the best sci-fi comedies period it's i mean the first man black is is excellent and really fun and, I mean, it's it's another instance of, like, sometimes when you have, uh, like, a, a graphic novel, um, maybe the idea's really great, but the execution's not. Mm-hmm. And, and that was a, a one such case. Um, it's, it's it's very rare, which is my, my other one, where you have a graphic novel that's very much revered and a movie that's also revered. Um, but I think the movie succeeds in a way that the graphic novel doesn't, and that is uh, 1994's The Crow. Um,
0: This is one you're going to have to take take on because I've not read nor seen The Crow.
1: Oh, man. Um, So The Crow, I mean, it's pretty faithful to the graphic novel. But what works here is the style that Alex Proyas brings to it is very different than the style of the comic. It's it's very similar, but there there is a little bit more of the the at the time current grunge influence on the character's design. As well as, I mean, the the way that it flows. The the crow has um, a reputation for having a great soundtrack, and that soundtrack is very very vital to the flow of the film. It's part of the movie. It's and there are there are iconic parts where oh, there's Eric Draven running across the rooftop while Nine Inch Nails cover of Dead Souls is playing, and that is a specific song from that that movie and is forever recognized as being part of that film there are so many things that just make it a little like because the comic is very very angry James Obar wrote that comic after a drunk driver killed his fiance and so there's a justifiable anger in that and the movie tempers that to give you a bigger production so it's not just the anger you're seeing you see the tragedy you see because the the focus of the comet feels it's more focused on the anchor. And this makes it much more poetic and beautiful. And the movie just is, is exceptional and still holds up despite the 1994 uh, special effects and the fact that they had to film some stuff without their main star who tragically passed uh, during the making of it. Um, but it's, I mean, it's an excellent one. A lot of people put it on their favorite 90s superhero uh, movie list even though the i would consider the crow a superhero but it's neither here nor there <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, so so i have i have an interesting one that i'm i'm not sure whether it counts or not and this is this is one of those things where it's it's hard to to discuss because it's because both are good if that makes sense um, yeah
1: i mean I, I, that's that's how i just felt about the crow.
0: yeah like to kill a Mockingbird. Fantastic book, fantastic yep. film.
1: Is the book yep.
0: better than? Is the book better than the film? Is the film better than the book, or is it just a case of two equally good, equally great uh, adaptations based on their own um, things?
1: So I feel like the books have been a little bit marred now because there was that second book that came out where Atticus Finch is not the character he once was.
0: And is that what that
1: book was? Yeah, I think like Atticus Finch. I, I don't. I didn't even read it, so I, I need. I, 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 I don't I, know, but I remember reading about it and it being like, oh yeah, he's an older, bitter kind of racist dude, and I'm like, that's, that's not Atticus Finch. Um, but yeah, he he plays a a role in in whatever book uh can't even remember what it was called um
0: yeah harper lee releasing like a book right before her death right wasn't it one of those situations yeah
1: and like i know i know that she she was one of those those writers that kind of wrote like constantly she just never released anything um i always i always heard the rumor that she
0: didn't write uh she didn't write the book, and it was uh it was uh uh what's his name that actually wrote it that she released under her I, name.
1: I've heard that, but I don't believe that. I um
0: mean, I I oh, the last time I heard that, I had just read the read that book in school. So it's been <laughs> 20 years um, since I heard So that. for
1: for me, I would probably kind of side with the movie. You got the that great Gregory Peck performance. I think the move the, the book itself, Grandpa. Yeah, yes. Um I, I do think that the, the the book's excellent. It's hard to argue. Um, there are some moments in the book that are not in the film, um, but uh, that that one's tough. Because um, I'm also not married to either. I think they're both great pieces of American fiction. They've never been a favorite of mine. Um, so I I haven't revisited either, probably in 25 years. Yeah.
0: Um, um let me throw a different but one But along Okay So th- this one's also weird um part of me a couple years ago at least might have said a little 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 TV show called Game of Thrones um I'm not <laughs> not going to say that now I will say I I I as someone who has tried to read the first book multiple times and I get to a certain point and Wait didn't didn't we do an episode on the first book? No, we didn't cuz I've never finished it um, cause I have, why did I, have, I read it? It it's, it's very long and it's very detailed and it's, you know, it's well written and all of that, but the, the TV show, at least in the first five seasons, maybe six seasons is a really solid adaptation. It cuts out things that while I know people that love the books, miss those things from the books, I feel like those things would be too much to do in the story they were telling on TV. Now we don't have to talk about the, the, the the final seasons of that show, which uh, anyway, but the the show I really want to talk about is house of the dragon. Now we've only gotten one season of this show so far, but house of the dragon is based on like a, a historical subsection of another book telling another story. So it is, it is a, a literal dramatic adaptation of Uh, an encyclopedia entry and it is real real good and real real interesting and uh all the cast and and crew in that are doing a fantastic job so far um but that one's also like it's tough to call because like it's not a direct adaptation it's like a indirect it's like a biopic but about a group of people that aren't real
1: is that is that weird <laughs> yeah it's tough I mean, and i can't say it. i've read the first two three uh, game of thrones books um and <laughs> it, 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 i kind of decided after that they're just, they're just not really for me um and i watched the entire show and 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 it's why i was like when the house of dragon came out i was like no nah, i'm good um And everyone talks about how good it is. Oh, it's great. Um, I might might watch it before the second season comes out, because I I know, like, even at the end of the first season, they're like, yeah, it's coming out in, like, three years. So I was like, well, see in three years. (laughs) Um, But it's actually talking about uh, something based off uh, a classic fantasy. Um, I I do have one that that matches, and that is uh, The Princess Bride.
0: Yeah, um, see, I, I because I, I'm one of those people that didn't know it was an actual book until
1: way later. <laughs> oh, I, I don't think I found out it was an actual book until I was probably 20. I, I feel like I was maybe in college when I found that out. Um, And, and the book, the book's good, but it is a straightforward fantasy book. And. The storybook bookend of having the the um the tale told to a sick Fred Savage, something about just using that and and kind of giving you that veil of of, of going into the fantasy story that way just works so beautifully and delivers everything that makes the book great and fun, but through this delivery system of you, with these inner intersections of like the commentary from the boy, Oh, they're going to kiss and even leading up to where like, well, it, it's fine this time when they, when, when a uh, buttercup and, um, uh, Wesley, Wesley, should do have their big kiss. Um, it's, it's one, a great movie. One of my favorites, to be honest, it's a wonderful movie. um, and and the novel's very good, but I think the movie just outshines it every step of the way. Mm. I don't I don't know your feelings on Princess Bride, but Oh, I love The Princess Bride.
0: The uh, Princess Bride's a fantastic, fantastic film. Um I've never read the book, I, so I, I,
1: Well, <laughs> I also love um there there have been talk about uh, remaking it and Car- Carrie uh, Ellis. Is it Ellis? Elvis. Ellis. Ellis uh, paraphrasing <laughs> There's a shortage of perfect movies in this world. It would be a pity to damage this one. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, Jim Lee Curtis uh, uh stated that uh, there is only one Princess Bride, and it's William Goldman and and, and Rainiers, uh, Reiners uh writers. And um, and I, I love that because I don't I don't believe in gatekeeping, but I think there's also I don't think everything needs a remake. I know that Zemeckis has said that like he has no interest in doing Back to the Future, uh, especially without uh fox or uh lloyd nor and- should he
0: things things don't need to be remade i will no. say i will say the one that i will allow is the back to the future musical that just hit broadway that i have not seen or heard anything from See, yet. that's
1: different though that's that's different. a
0: different adaptation and when they inevitably and also
1: they use them Huey Lewis songs, which makes me so happy <laughs> when they
0: invariably make a movie version of that, I might have a different opinion, but that's okay for me. That
1: one's I- I'd fine. be fine with that too. That's, that's different than straight up adapting back to the future. I, I don't, I don't think it's necessary. I think it's an, it's kind of an eighties conceit and can stay there. Do your own time travel movie. Uh, there's one coming out this Halloween, actually the two, I think. Um, that there, there has been a recent trend in slashers uh, of these self-aware slashers that will take the concept of a hit comedy and then add a slasher in it. So Happy Death Day took Groundhog Day added a slasher to it. Uh, Freaky took Freaky Friday and added a slasher to it where the final girl and the killer swap bodies and Vince Vaughn plays a 16-year-old girl to perfection. um so this one is back to the future with a slasher in it uh called uh totally killer from one house
0: i've seen the, i I haven't seen the full trailer but i've seen some it's got
1: kieran shipka in it and i am such a huge fan of hers so i'm i'm really excited about it and then uh i think james or uh charles landon the the guy who did freaky and happy death day he's got one called uh time's up And I think they were kind of in contention to beat each other to delivery. And I think this one's coming out in October. So Um,
0: I've got one last adaptation that. Again, this is also a little asterisk, and I just I don't know, I think I think this is just funny. Um, This is not an adaptation of the original source material. It is a sequel to the source material that ignores another adaptation of the source material. And that is HBO's Watchmen. So I don't know if it counts. It's uh, it's a
1: sequel, but it's it's ancillary material. Uh, Not to say that you're wrong, because that show is stunning. And honestly, as much as I would want more, I applaud them for just the one season.
0: The one season is... Like I would, perfect. I would not be mad if they made another season. It was as good as the first season, but right. Stopping it where they did. And it's been a few years ago. I doubt we're going to go back to. No, to I don't like think we're going to
1: get one. It was a perfect expression. I, I absolutely adored it.
0: And in fact, I like it one book. So that's the thing. Like I, I enjoy the book more than you do, but the book is one of those things. I'm still where good. I, I agree. It, it's, it's one of those things where I've read it a few times now. and yeah, I there's some stuff that doesn't land as well as it did right 10 years ago 20 years ago 40 years ago i'm I'm critical
1: of the book but it's not it's not a dark knight return situation where i outright dislike it like i i still think it's an important work i think i still think there's some amazing stuff especially dave gibbon's artwork in that thing it's It's really good monumental really good but I, i but this this
0: series takes the concept of of the where the book ends and and just tells a really interesting story and also opens with a really dark page in American history that they do not teach to people and Ooh, plenty of people certainly don't in Florida. Plenty of people, myself included, <laughs> uh, had to look up to learn that it was an actual thing that happened and not something invented for the sake of the show or from the Watchmen universe or whatever. Um, yeah, it was a real thing that happened in that first episode. Um, look it up. Yeah, uh, it's important. But uh, but yeah, uh, so that's kind of my my last one. Um, so why don't you why don't you land the plane with us with a really? Well, good I've got adaptation. a
1: couple that kind of fall in the the same category in that. The the films that uh, that came out of it are so important uh, to their genre that. It's hard to even overstate, like because like the one of them was a massively popular book. One of them is a short story that many people have read and certainly have read since the film came out. Um the first one is Jurassic Park. Um Jurassic Park is a very fun book and has some scenes that are not in the film, but the magic that Steven Spielberg pulled off in Jurassic Park, I think overshadows I think anything that the book does. Mm. Because I mean the, I remember being a kid uh seeing that the summer it came out and that I think it's still the most times I've seen a film in theaters. I saw that mm. thing like five to seven times that summer or whatever season it was. And I just remember that being a moment where I, I I fell in love with cinema because like it, it showed me something that I had never seen before in a way that felt real and to 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 accurately, like I've seen like, you know, I had seen dinosaur stuff, like you just land before time and all this other stuff. But like to actually see this kind of thing on screen was unbelievable. And to tell a great sci-fi thriller in the way it does, in a very similar fashion to the book, the book also likes to get in the weed of its fake science, and it's a little dry. Yeah. Crichton was often a little dry. Um, no, really? And I, yeah, I just I really love that movie. And I I think that it, like I've read I've read Jurassic Park twice. It's a good book. It's got scenes that I wish had been filmed and I know they were planning to do so. But I mean, that movie is such a triumph. And then uh, in a similar fashion, Blade Runner.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard not to talk about really a lot of the Philip K. Dick adaptations because so many of them are based off of. Short stories and
1: short stories, yeah.
0: Some tell radically different stories than than what appears on screen, but Blade Runner is such a such an interesting. Yeah, I mean, lyric.
1: Blade Runner is such a great science fiction film that really digs into the philosophical aspects of of Dick's work in a way that few other adaptations do, but also in a way that I think elevates the work. And I mean, it also has created some iconic moments in cinema history some some of the best uh cinematography uh vangelis's score is just i mean you if you like synthwave you can very much thank vangelis for helping establish that sound (laughs) yeah um uh i have got i've got a couple of horror things on here um like i think the exorcist book is good but the movie is just i think world's better um there's not much to say about that the book makes it much more of a psychological thing which is interesting but it it doesn't make it scary and i think that i think going into the religious aspect in 1974 the way it did in a country that was in a very much different state in its in its mainstream belief system um this movie rocked people like to their core i I love looking up old like theater uh like docs and interviews with people that were coming out of the Exorcist, and you see people like fainting and and like being walked out because they're so physically affected. Because it, I take for granted that people like legitimately believed in this stuff, you know, like that that kind of uh, widespread religious belief just just doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, in 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 the way that that they knew it, and so that movie's effect. I know people who see see this movie and be like, well, it's not that scary, and I'm like. It's not that scary to you now. And you can you can say it's not scary. It's fine. I mean, even I'm, you know, it's whatever. It's a well, it's an excellently made film. But at the time that film came out, it it shook many people to their core. And I, I love that about it sociologically. Um, and what was the other one I was going to say? Uh, short one, 1408 by uh, Stephen King. John Cusack, Samuel L. Jackson a hotel horror film that just knocks a short story like out of the, out of the water. Like it's, it's, it's excellent. I
0: mean, we could have a whole, Um, we could have a whole podcast on Stephen King adaptations. Yeah. And which ones are better and which ones are not. The (laughs)
1: the one I do want to bring attention to, it was actually one of the first a 24 movies. It's a coming of age. uh, I hesitate to call it uh, a, a rom-com, but it's a coming of age teen romance film called uh, the spectacular now. Uh, based on uh, the novel, the same name by Tim Tharp, uh, starring Miles Teller and Shalene Woodley. And the book is told from the perspective of the Miles Teller character. Um, and I think by giving voice to Shalene Woodley's character, it elevated the work to a degree that I felt made the novel fall a little flat because I had heard so many good things about the novel before the film came out and read it and liked it. But the movie blew me away. It's really charming. It feels very real. And it also in a way that's like slightly John Hughes ish, but like not full Brat Pat John Hughes. It's just got a little of those isms of like, well, Teens don't congregate like this. (laughs) <laughs> like they do in the movies, yeah. but it's still like, the, like any party that I've ever been to was never like, Oh, whoever shows up just shows up. Like I have never been to a party that specific people were just not invited to and just showed up. Um, <laughs> and I'm sure those do exist, but like I've, I, I, I've been to my fair share of shindigs and the, these mythical team parties. I, 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 they certainly weren't happening in Spartanburg, South Carolina, but that, that is, <laughs> That is a favorite of mine. Um, th- this is an excellent film that you should sing- seek out. It was, uh, I think, it won its category in Sundance when it came out. Miles Teller has gone on to do a lot of great stuff. As has uh, Shaleen Woodley. I think she pops up in. It's not uh, Oppenheimer. It's she's she's in some. Uh, uh, is it Killing? Is the new Scorsese film? I think might be. I can't oh, remember. Yeah. Um, oh, she's she's a great actress though. Um, but yeah, I would highly recommend that movie. It's 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 sweet. It's also um, bittersweet and just a really lovely coming of age story. That I mean, again, read the novel. It's decent, but I think the movie's great all and, right yeah that's just me rambling i thought we were gonna have a lot more of a <laughs> back I and know, forth until you, until you just came out with me with the boys
0: <laughs> you know it's fine it's fine gang it's vacation month you know we yeah, we that's we, we put out okay a- well so
1: I, I got a question for you drew okay. um that we can we can uh, go back and forth what what do you think um what do you think makes for a good adaptation
0: it has to fit the medium Uh, And and when I say that, I mean, reading a book is different than watching a movie. Reading a comic book is different than watching a movie or watching a TV show. There are sacrifices, and I say sacrifices loosely. There are changes that have to be made in order to make things make sense. Um, uh, With a book, you can oftentimes take details. uh, You know, you can spend five pages describing a sunset. Versus just showing you what that sunset looks like in five seconds in a movie. So that that's really the the main the main thing for me. I mean, obviously, it also has to be, you know, well cast and well acted and well directed and things like that and have a good soundtrack. And uh, but 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 principally the, the 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 person and people, the persons in charge of the 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 production, whether it be TV or movies have to know what they're doing um i point, yes i point to i point to the last of us tv series for for this in particular now i like the last of us game uh quite a bit um and the t- last of us tv show i have to say i loved it i loved it so understand that when i'm saying something critical about it i am not you know putting it down it's
1: it's it's just you're, you're giving the person i love this Now I'm going to be critical of it. I I do the same thing all the time.
0: But I think the things that didn't like the, if I could criticize what didn't work in the last of us TV show, as well as did in the game, it is the moments that were pulled directly from the game. The, the moments of, of Joel and Ellie and their big story moments from the last of us game work really well because you've played with them for four hours, walking through an empty downtown building fighting right. hiding and fighting from zombies and things like that while they're quipping back and forth to each other before you get to the big cutscene that finishes that. And in the show, we get the big cutscene that finishes that without the four hours of them walking around the 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 apartment building or the the woods or whatever.
1: Right. Because you don't have to go through a tutorial, you know. <laughs>
0: yeah. Because there's not a game to play. Uh so right. So so I feel like the storyline felt a little too fast in some of the character development stuff, uh, in the show, but the stuff that was created for the show, namely, I think it was episode three, uh, which is the bill episode. If I'm remembering which episode that was, um, is fantastic, amazing. And I hope it wins Emmys. Um, I believe it's nominated for some, uh, because that, that, those, those moments were so compelling, uh, to watch. Um, and, and some of the, some of the other stuff later on when, when then, you know, but, but that, that episode in particular was just so powerful. Um, so yeah, but, but that, that takes, you know, someone knowing, knowing the source material well enough to know what to keep and what to cut and how to frame things. Uh, and that's really, yeah.
1: It. I mean, for me, for me it's it's certainly understanding the heart of the work you're you're adapting because you can have no money but so long as you uh, you have the heart like I don't care if you have cardboard backgrounds you you tell me a compelling story and I will still be compelled I mean there have been episodes I mean you and I are both Star Trek fans there have been episodes of Star Trek that have had cardboard backgrounds but they're still telling this amazing morality play or this excellent just uh, pontification on life, the universe, and everything, and it works. So you don't have to have the greatest special effects. And you don't even have to adapt the the novel or work faithfully if you have something to say because you understand the work, like a movie that I didn't bring up uh, because I just plain forgot. Robert Highland's Starship Troopers is a very pro-fascist novel.
0: But (laughs) I've 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 read some things that that deny that it was pro-fascist, but I haven't read the novel
1: myself. I've read the novel. It's 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 grody. It's it. It is certainly pro-military rule. Yeah. (laughs) Um, That that whereas uh... whereas the the film made by Paul Verhoeven is using that as satire. And so what makes a great adaptation is taking a a work of some, you know, eh, uh, reputation and using that to further provide a point. Because it it is taking the work at face value and showing you this, but doing so in a way that you can clearly be like, oh, oh. Um, even though people didn't quite get it at the time. And now we like, like, like a lot of great science fiction films didn't do great at the box office. And then now we laud it for, uh, everything it had to say.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's, it's one of those things I, I, I've, you know, I, I, uh, had my wife watch Starship Troopers for the first time last year because she had never seen it. And I told her it was satire. And because I said the word satire, she assumed that I meant that I meant that it was funny <laughs> and it is not particularly funny but uh, i mean
1: it's it's a it's got a very dark sense of humor
0: Well, but but it's also one of those things where you know i watched that movie for the first time when i was
1: i watched eight, it in theaters
0: 15 i can't remember how old i was when that movie came out
1: uh i thought it came out in like 95 even 11
0: it, i mean i was probably 12 or 13 when i saw it but it, it's one of those things where when you're that age some a lot of times that satire goes over your head and you're just like Oh, cool. Military guys shooting 97 when I
1: came out. So you were 13.
0: Yeah. So and and now watching it really for the first time since then and realizing, man, I was an idiot. (laughs) Uh, So with that said, final (laughs) words of the episode, Um, let's wrap this up uh, because Well, we got we got other shows to record and another one that you will hear next week. Uh, Speaking of, what are we doing next week, Miles? You cut completely out, so I'm just going to keep talking. Uh, We're we're just going to we're going to talk about video games. Miles and I like video games. And we're just gonna talk about them uh, today. As we record this, there was a bunch of announcements for games, a lot of which aren't coming out until next year. Yahoo! But we're gonna talk about some stuff that we're excited. it always for. the way. Yeah, we're gonna talk about some stuff that we're excited for at the end of the year, and maybe a couple of titles that are into next year, and just kind of maybe just reflect a little bit on 2023 as a gaming year because it ain't stopping. This year is wild with the games uh so that is going to be next week um so with that said gang if you'd like to reach out to us you can find us at the more you dot com the more dot com excuse me at the more you nerd on twitter and blue not not blue host uh blue sky blue sky thank you blue is our hosting company for the podcast go to bluehost.com and get a domain and start your own podcast it's cool it's fun um <laughs> and facebook.com slash the more you nerd you can also email us the more you nerd at gmail.com that's the more you nerd at gmail.com email in what are some adaptations that you like better than the source material i want to hear it and if you want to argue about the scott pilgrim movie we can do that too i mean it's fine i i don't decry anybody uh the 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 love of no, that movie it's
1: a, like i said it's a very fun movie on its own merits for sure
0: uh, so with that said, gang, we are going to end the show as we always do with a rousing N- nerd out, out. out. to nerd for y'all.